Let's talk some more about what to expect this week from the data. Michael Laporte joining us, Managing Director of Institutional Client Services at GYL Financial Synergies. Michael, you've got a strategy right now that follows the acronym IDEA, inflation being the I, unsurprising. Let's start there. Should we see something good this week or will the number overall just be too high, still with core expected over 6%? Well, thank you for having me. And certainly, you know, time will tell as to uh, as to what we see later this week. However, our, our, our bigger picture is that we are probably at or near peak inflation. And certainly some things like food, energy, used car prices, will they'll eventually revert back to the mean. But others, as your previous uh, guest mentioned, uh, will be a little stickier. And there is this potential Goldilocks scenario where we have wage increases and Social Security increases that are relatively sticky while some of the more uh, volatile areas of inflation are a bit more, uh, I hate to say, transitory, as a, as a word was so often overused, but, uh, but aren't quite as sticky with us. Pretty amazing that the possibility of a Goldilocks scenario exists when we have printed what used to be called a recession two quarters in a row. If, are we going from uh, shifting the recession definition to ignoring it? Does it not matter that our productivity is contracting? Well, I think it certainly is a consideration. However, long term, you know, technology does tend to improve productivity, and with un with unemployment at three and a half percent, you know, it's tough to wrap your head around a significant contraction at that point. You know, our view is whether we actually technically enter a recession or not, or, or you know, we're certainly with the um, with kind of the popular definition, we've had two quarters of negative growth. But whether we're in whether we enter a recession officially or whether we're in a period of you know, relatively modest economic growth, the consumer is still reasonably strong. Consumer balance sheets are, are, are strong. Unemployment is very, very low. And our, I think in a lot of ways, the biggest risk is that, uh, is that consumer sentiment you know, is, is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy and that uh, that leads us into a deeper slowdown than the economic conditions otherwise merit. The one thing that was a little bit encouraging this morning is the, uh, <clears throat> the consumer survey from the Fed which showed uh, dramatically reduced uh, inflation expectations for 2023, as well as for the three years uh, going forward. With the majority of our uh, economy driven by consumer spending, uh, consumer sentiment uh, is, a, uh, is gonna have a significant impact on just how uh, severe the slowdown becomes. Mm. Uh, Mike, another one of the uh, acronyms in your process, the D, deglobalization. Uh, you're hinting at some of this, but just to dive into a little bit further, as uh, some of these businesses have shored up their supply chain, as we see if there are global risks, the way it can be so disrupted, uh, even if we're kind of prioritizing cheap parts from around the world, will we now prioritize uh, proximity over price and thus uh, stickiness to inflation? I think that ultimately there'll have to be a compromise. You know, and we've learned through COVID that uh, that just-in-time inventory is uh, you know is great when it works, but it's uh, it, it doesn't allow for a lot of margin for error. And so, you know, sort of the transition of uh, from just-in-time to just-in-case inventory uh, will uh, will naturally allow for uh, inventories to build. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, corporations aren't going to want to be sitting on massive inventories. So it'll be a uh, it, it'll be a bit of a balancing act but like with so many other things you know we tend to overshoot on the downside we'll probably overshoot a little bit on the other side and uh, and then ultimately hit uh, you know some sort of equilibrium now 
and all of this leads you to still like the U.S. Uh, as the main play. I see overweight U.S. equities. Is that going to work as well when we've seen such fragmentation in big tech? Even in our rally the past month, we've lost some major winners along the way. Facebook, not really working. Social media companies as a whole, struggling. NVIDIA today slashes guidance. Yeah, I think certainly Facebook's an interesting story because they are, you know, they're not only dealing with uh, with the, the slowdown in, uh, in tech that's a direct result of, of higher interest rates, but they're trying to navigate a, a change in their business model. So Facebook in some ways is a little bit of a, of a unique situation. You know, we feel that in general, tech is going to be a, continue to be a significant driver of economic growth, but it's not going to be quite so easy, uh, certainly going forward. You're going to have to focus on the names with uh, with stronger financials. We're, we're currently not only overweight in U.S., but overweight towards uh, higher quality U.S. names, particularly with stronger financials, stronger balance sheets, uh, and, and the like. And that's what we feel, at least in the, uh, in the fairly near term, Will, uh, will ultimately drive the markets. You know, certainly in, in the more speculative areas, whether it be uh, outside of the US or maybe in some of the higher growth names domestically, there's, uh, there's a lot more potential for upside, but also a lot more risk, uh, certainly in the near term. Are there, uh, uh, Mike, um, uh, uh, indexed investors that are uh, going to uh, uh, be happy in this environment? Does that work, just parking it in the overall broad market? I think in general now is really going to be a uh, a time for stock pickers, and if you're an indexer, uh, I, you know one of the things that we've really embraced is uh, is the use of direct indexing, where we can where we can adjust and overweight and underweight certain factors in the index. So you know I talked about uh, quality overweight to U.S. equities. That's an, that's really the type of thing that you can do with uh, with direct indexing. So you still have the ability to be a passive investor and uh, and do so successfully. But just parking it in the broad indices right now, I think um, I, I think you do need to have a little bit of active share, whether that comes from factors or whether it comes from good old fashioned stock picking. A lot of it is is a matter of uh, you know sort of personal preference. But um, but I think that to some sort of uh, some sort of factors, if you will, in, uh, in, in, in sort of narrowing your focus, I think will benefit in the, in the volatile market that we're seeing. Okay, uh, Mike, thanks for the contribution. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you, have a good afternoon. Absolutely, good start here. Michael Lepore joining us from GYL Financial Synergies.